Welcome to the Matt Mallet Show. Beat the odds and show your boogie who's boss. And we are back for another episode of the Matt and Alex Sports Podcast. This is Alex here with no Mateo in sight. Maddie and I have been MIA the last few weeks. We've had uh, some family issues and difficulties to deal with. We've had some travel arrangements and some work obligations. So apologies all. I would love for, to promise you guys that we could do this show every single day without fail. But life gets in the way. One of these days. One of these days this will be the full-time job. Until then... Here we are. We had a little break, and we are back. There's so much stuff going on. Um, I'm going to save the fight talk. McGregor is fighting as we record this podcast, so we're going to save that light. We're going to save that fight talk for later next week when Eric and Gavin and Matthew can join us for some more educated and sophisticated conversations about the fight game. No buy. We have Russian link. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Because. As you guys all have probably paid attention and figured out that whenever they bring up the fight game, I can just eat popcorn and talk about wiener snitchel jokes. So that's about all I bring to the table. But tonight, I wanted to jump on real quick and say what's up to our proud people and our proud listeners around the world. And I wanted to talk about the weekend. This weekend, we have quite a theme going through our, uh, our sports here. So I'm going to talk three, three different topics. And these are the topics. They all have this theme in common. This is the weekend of will history repeat itself or can it be changed? Can these athletes, these handful of, of men, can they change their own futures and their fortunes of their countries, fortunes of their teams, fortunes of their franchise, fortunes of their legacies? The first one I want to talk about is Leo Messi. He answered the question already this evening. Leo Messi, congratulations. We're buying a drink to you tonight in the bar, my friend. He finally got that monkey off his back by winning the Copa America over Brazil. Let's rewind a little bit, though. Before he wins, the setup of the theme, will history repeat itself? So far, Messi, when he wears Argentina colors, always comes up tantalizingly short. Four times he's been in the finals of the Copa America, only to lose all four times. I think all by one goal or less. Twice in PKs, I know. Um, he also has lost in the World Cup finals, 1-0 to Germany. The dude is just tortured. And like I was explaining to the kids earlier tonight when they were asking me why it was so important for him to finally win this one, this dude, since he's ever put on a, 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 a football uniform, he has dominated at Barcelona. He's won everything there is to be won. Ballon d'Ors, that's the greatest player of the in the world of the year, uh, multiple times. He's won the Champions League multiple times. He's won every trophy imaginable. But when he puts on those blue and white stripes of Argentina, something happens, and it's like he, he loses the love of the game, like the pressure's too high, the negativity and the criticism and the comparisons to Maradona the teammates depending on him too much and all that stuff. And it all just kind of makes this mixed bag of like Messi does as much as he can and he gets really, really close and then fails. And it's almost like a positive feedback loop where the more that he does it, the more that they say, hey, see, look, you failed. You know what I mean? So in, in that positive feedback loop, it feels like it's a never-ending story. So if history is going to repeat itself, Brazil is going to win in Brazil because you know what Brazil does in Brazil? They win Copa Americas. And it looked like Brazil was going to win going into this game if you're looking at the odds. Brazil were heavy favorites before the tournament. They were heavy favorites going into the final. The bookies did not have Messi being able to pull the upset. Now, Messi didn't end up having a great game, but he did do it. He knocked it off. So he took his own history into his hands along with some very, very good teammates who helped him out, a team that looked like they were having fun the whole tournament. They were playing together. They were playing for each other, whereas past versions of this team would be like, give it to Messi and get out the way which takes you pretty far, but not all the way. So history in that case 
was changed, which makes me think that that might be the trend of the weekend because our next game up tomorrow is going to be the Bucks versus CP3 and his sons. Now, let's talk about history repeating itself. Right now, everybody is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of fan, and I get that in the NBA, the NFL, sports betting in general. And what they've done for me lately is the Suns have knocked off every team in front of them and taken a 2-0 lead against a Bucks team that is being fueled by an injured Giannis who is dominating all by himself, and he's the only guy who shows up, even though he looks like he's on one leg or one and a half legs, maybe one and three quarter legs. Um, but if history is going to repeat itself, the injury for CP3 is coming because CP3 has had this tortured past, almost like very similar to Messi in a way. He's not the, he's not the best player in the world like Messi has been, but CP3 has been one of the elite players in the world, I believe. And all those years, he goes underappreciated because every single situation he finds himself in, he has to do everything himself. And when he does everything himself, he pulls it all together, and then he comes super close, and then injury, then brain fart, then 33 missed threes in a row, then that 3-1 lead over the Warriors, and he pulls his hamstring. And it's like it's always something with this dude. So if history is going to repeat itself, then CP3 is about to get injured and some terrible things about to happen to them and they're about to blow a 2-0 lead, maybe even a 3-0 lead. Maybe they'll become the first team in the history of the league to blow a 3-0 lead. But if you believe in history, put your money on the Bucks because the Bucks to win the series tonight, this is Saturday night, Saturday night when we're recording, the Bucks to win the series is a plus 397. And I get it, they're down 2-0 and they, got, they only got five games left and they got to win four of them and I understand all that. But if you think of it this way, the Bucks have the best player left in the world right now or in the in not in the world they have the best player left in the series two-time mvp Giannis antetokounmpo they have a team that has been historically great shooters for their team and for their franchise that haven't hit any shots in game one and game two so when they go back to milwaukee tomorrow and you're probably listening to this around the time they're going back to milwaukee no one's gonna be surprised if they win game three as a matter of fact they're five point favorites to win game three so that leaves you with two to two to one if they can win game four and just hold court, now you got a three-game series with a hopefully improving, healthier uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo and some more confident role players. Drew Holiday maybe hits some shots, maybe actually can make a smart decision down the stretch, and Chris Middleton shows up maybe once or twice. He doesn't have to show up all four games, but he's got to show up once or twice. And then CP3, you know it's coming, man. They've already taken two serious injuries. Torrey Craig there night went down, and he may or may not be available going forward. And we know that uh, Dario Saric is out for the series. So CP3 and his sons are down to about seven players. So I'm feeling a little bit frisky on this Bucks bet plus 397 to win the series. I know it's kind of feels like it's a long shot, but is it really history repeating itself? History tells us that CP3 is going to have a devastating loss coming up. And that devastating loss is going to be an exit that is frustrating. Now, the flip side of that coin is if you like this Suns team, which I did, I mean, I liked them a lot. I mean, it I liked him a lot minus that Lakers matchup, but it worked out because Anthony Davis went down. Can he change his own history the way Messi just did? Because if he can just power through and just put up a couple 42-minute nights without blowing a hamstring or an Achilles or something like that and, or hurting his knee, tearing his ACL, and, some, and knock on wood, I hope that's the wooden desk I'm knocking on right now. I hope that I'm not jinxing him in any way, shape, or form. I hope that he can pull Messi. He can shut up all the haters, and he can take home finals MVP hardware. That is totally possible. At this point, Vegas has it as likely at a minus 495. Minus 495. Like, that's an overwhelming bet. Don't bet it. But you might want to root for it. And people who love CP3, if he can follow Messi's footsteps, maybe he gets that game three win tomorrow. And, uh, and he rolls right there to a sweep or a semi-sweep. 
and CP3 can change history, and the Suns can win their first championship in the history of that tortured, terrible franchise. That's right, I said terrible. Go back and look at all the decisions the Suns make and Robert Sarver makes over and over and over again. He finally got one right. Every once in a while, the Suns have a decent team, but there's a reason they're snake-bitten, and they're not very well run, I would argue. But right now, they got a great a great kid in Devin Booker, man, my, my Mexican brother from another mother. Uh, I'm going to take credit for him. That's right. I'm taking credit for Devin Booker. He's fun. He's exciting. He's fearless. I love it. CP3, we just talked about, I just talked about because this is a monologue, um, is a fun guy to root for as well. These, these dudes care, and they care a lot. And DeAndre Ayton and DeAndre Ayton is playing out of his mind as well. And that brings us to Game 3. And game 3 is the big one here, folks. Tomorrow afternoon at noon, England is playing in the Euro Finals versus Italy. Let's stick with our theme. In history, what's supposed to happen here? What's supposed to happen is England is supposed to lose, and not just lose, they always lose in some devastating fashion. Think 1998 and the sending off of David Beckham. Think 1986 and the hand of God by Maradona, where he has the handball over his head, but nobody can see it, and there's no instant replay in the 80s. You can think the, the Frank Lampard goal against, uh, against the Germans to win 1-0. It was over the line, but it, got, it didn't get called in. Again, pre-replay in, I think, 2012, maybe. The way they get eliminated is always, always, always in torturous fashion. Now, the English might say they've already made some history because they haven't made a final of a tournament since 1966 when they won the World Cup at home. But that World Cup, in my eyes, is full of asterisks. There's asterisks all over the place in that World Cup. And I'll dive into that on another podcast when I have a soccer lover on here with me. But for you betting gamblers out there right now, the question is, if history is going to repeat itself, you are going to get some great odds. Italy is four-time world champions, four-time World Cup champions. This team has a culture and a pedigree of winning. That doesn't mean they always win. They went out in ignominious fashion just a couple years ago in the World Cup. So it's not like they're immune to losing, of course. But they have four world championships. England has the one, heavily asterisk one we talked about. So if you're going to go with history here, history says that Italy should have the advantage. Italy's on a 33-game winning streak. Not 31, not 3, not 1, not 13. A 33-game winning streak. That 33-game winning streak should have them installed as favorites, but they're not. Italy's a pick right now at plus 116 on Heritage, and England's a pick at minus 130. So in regulation, if you think the game's going to be decided one way or the other, and you're okay with an overtime giving you a push, you can get plus 116 on Italy, and you can get minus 130 on England. Look at those numbers. That just feels wrong. England, the team that always chokes. It'd be one thing if they were up against a Croatia or a Denmark or one of these teams that is just having a good run, a good chemistry-built team. Um, that could challenge them, but really they have more talent. That's what we saw in the semifinal. And props to you, Denmark. That was just an, an amazing run. I, um, for my part, it wasn't a PK. I think it was really soft on Raheem Sterling. And I think England had much more talent than Denmark did, and it showed over time. But it, Denmark played harder. They played better. It's just a matter of talent wins. And at the highest level, lots of times talent's going to win. But it's usually that mix of talent and camaraderie, which for me is exactly what Italy has been showing on their 33-game winning streak. They have top-class talent. It's not going to be like Denmark where they're, they're punching above their weight with England. They're going to match them talent for talent, and they have the pedigree, and they have the belief. So I think Italy should be the favorites. I'm actually going to take Italy to lift the cup at plus 116. So that's getting, that bet, and oh, looks, looks, it, the odds have changed. They're exactly the same for them to win the bet. If you bet a money line, 
uh, to win the game beforehand. Oh, I misspoke earlier. If you bet Italy money line, you're going to get plus 221. Oh, I like that. That is tasty. That's for them not to go to overtime, just to win it. If they win it and don't draw and go to overtime, plus 221 looks really good to me. And if you just want to play it safe and they could win in overtime, they can win PKs, they just got to win, you get that plus 116. I'll probably sprinkle a little bit on, of, on both because I believe in the soccer world, England is due not to make their own history, but to continue history. And in continuing history, the Italians are going to lift that trophy. They're going to be celebrating and going crazy and taking their pants off or whatever the crazy things they're going to do. Um, and England is going to be licking their wounds and lamenting how cursed they are in the football world. And you know what? Good for them. They kind of like it. Like the English people kind of like their cursed history. They kind of like talking about how great they are and how unlucky and unfair. And maybe there's going to be some VAR controversy or maybe there's going to be a PK or it's going to be something controversial where England is going to be like, oh, we got robbed. So the question is, did Messi start a trend? Can he, he, he took on his own shoulders the world. And it took him 10, 15 years, and he finally turned it around, and he turned it around tonight. Can the Buck, can, uh, not the Bucks, can CP3 do the same against the Bucks? And can England do the same against Italy? Those are the questions. I think, I think, I think I'm going to leave Messi alone in a class of his own, and I think I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on the Bucks plus 397 to come back and win this series, just because those are juicy odds. I get the best player, and I'm on history's side. And then I also think I'm going to do the same with Italy and England. Hopefully it doesn't blow up in my face. Hopefully I didn't just see the trend and then go the wrong way with it. But the trend looks like Messi might have turned it. I'm going to say Messi's the outlier. Because in so many respects in his life, Messi has always been the outlier. So let's keep him in that outlier status. Congratulations to Messi. Congratulations to Denmark on a great tournament. Congratulations to the English team and fans that celebrated way too much for my taste in a after the semifinals, shame on the English fans at the stadium who were reported to have been spitting at children, Danish children, and uh, tearing their flags away from them and generally being drunk brutes to children of the opponent. That's never acceptable, England. Uh, so I won't be rooting for you. Uh, I'm a big fan of Jack Grealish. I think they play a little bit too defensive-minded. If you're worrying about little, some tactics on why I'm bet betting Italy, I forgot to, to slide this in there, but I'll do it real quick. The tactical reason why I think that England is in trouble is they've gotten pretty lucky with Pickford. Pickford's had a pretty poor tournament with his decision-making, with his distribution from the back, um, with just his confidence in the back. That back line has been really strong, though, the English back line, the two Manchester City kids and the two Manchester United guys. Uh, very, very, very strong back line. And Pickford hasn't really been punished for his errors. I think the Italians have the quality. I think they have the, the punch to... Uh, to punish him in those moments. I think that's going to be the difference in the game. I wouldn't be surprised if Italy wins this one by two goals. I'm looking at something like a 3-1 type game. The Italians score first, forcing England to start playing because England's going to play back. They're going to defend. They're going to be compact. They're going to have that conservative mentality. So the second half, they'll bring in the Grealishes of the world. They'll bring in the Jaden Sanchos, and he'll have to go for it. And when he does, they might even get one. And then I think the Italians uh, stretch it away from them once, once Pickford makes a terrible error. Then they'll have their story. History will have repeated itself. And England will still be 55 years and counting waiting to lift a trophy. Uh, but cry me river, England. I'm from America. My team has never won a trophy, never lifted a trophy, never even made it to a semifinal unless you count 1934 when there were only like six teams or something like that. So 
from all of us here at the Matt and Alex Sports Podcast. Uh, check us out on Instagram. I know Maddie tries to keep up on that and give us some good stuff. There's some baseball content and things like that. Some good summertime stuff going on. We will be back in full force soon for NFL football and get you ready for fantasy football and get you ready for all that good stuff. Um, but from all the guys here at the, the Matt and Alex Sports Podcast, we wish you a good night. I believe the way Matt phrases it is, be good and be safe. And then I come in with a nice little cheers. Have you ever sat there while you're listening to the Matt and Alex Sports Podcast thinking, how do I help support these guys? Well, now you have a way. We've set up a Patreon account. A Patreon account is uh, in the show notes. You basically copy the link, throw it in your web browser, hit enter, and pledge a certain amount of money per month to our show. Helps us pay for uh, broadcasting sites uh, through uh, Buzzsprout. Uh, Helps us with merchandise and grow as a company. So from 50 cents to $5 billion a month, anything is appreciated. We'll throw you a swag box with with a t-shirt, some stickers. We have some pandemic face masks to give out. Anything is appreciated. Alex and I here at the Matt and Alex Sports Podcast want to keep this rolling. We're having so much fun and any help would be appreciated. Thank you so much. Happy holidays. Are you looking for some new soccer gear? Well, look no further. Soccer Garage has everything you need and more. Visit Soccer Garage in San Juan Capistrano or SoccerGarage.com for all your footballing needs. Soccer Garage takes pride in their reputation for unmatched customer satisfaction. Their friendly and knowledgeable employees are all active soccer players and or coaches dedicated to answering questions and serving the soccer supply needs of their customers. Visit SoccerGarage.com for all your soccer needs.